John Nix, and you're listening to the One More Verse podcast. One More Verse is a resource designed to help people understand the Bible. The passage for today is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 12. Exiles is not a pleasant description you want to be described by. It's the reminder that you're not at home. It's the reminder that you've been thrust out of where you thought you were going to perhaps spend the rest of your life. It's the reminder that there are those who are opposed to you. It's the reminder that perhaps you have been defeated. It's the reminder that you're not home. But that's how Peter addresses these believers. He, he talks about them being dispersed all over the place, but he tells them, you're not there on accident. Oh, you may rest assured that it may have been evil forces and evil actions that drove you out, but you may rest assured that there is a king who rules sovereignly over all these things. And all of this happened with his foreknowledge. God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're suffering. And so Peter says, I want grace and peace to be multiplied to you. He he does what we all have to do in the midst of persecution and suffering. He tries to set their gaze instead of looking at themselves, instead of looking at the storm. He wants to set their, their gaze heavenward. He wants to help them keep their eyes on Jesus. So he reminds them about his great mercy. He reminds them that they've been born again to a living hope. This is not some superstitious religious belief, but Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, and so we have hope. It's being kept for us. It's being guarded, and it will be revealed, and we will enjoy it one day. And so he says, listen, though for a little while you may have to suffer, endure trials, you need to know that the testing of your faith will prove whether or not it's genuine. Now, there are many who will profess or confess faith, but it is in the testing that faith is proven to be true. I heard the quote, a faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. And so Peter wants them to know God knows where you are. And even if you find yourself in the middle of a bunch of testing, I want you to know God is faithful. And I want you to know that that's just going to show that your faith is genuine. He reminds him, I know you can't see Jesus right now, but you love him. And, and, and I want you to rejoice and I want you to know that you will obtain the outcome of your faith. The object of our faith, Jesus, has conquered every enemy, every foe. And because of his life, death, burial, and resurrection, we will receive the salvation of our souls. This must have been like some water to some weary souls. And so he reminds them, listen, when you look at the sacred scriptures, the prophets have been telling all along that suffering was going to happen to the Christ, that that was a part of it. But so too was the subsequent glory. And so these people need to know that, listen, Jesus suffered. So if you suffer, don't think that an odd or strange thing, the pattern of the newer Testament, the pattern uh, that Jesus exemplified is one of testing and suffering. And so he tells them, You've had this good news preached to you. It's been sent from heaven. And this gospel, this good news that you heard, uh, that, that the Lord uh, uses the power of God into salvation, this gospel is something that angels long to look into. Think of that. Uh, as part of his creation, just like angels, angels are a part of his creation. Uh, in the same way that they are his creation, we are his creation, but they do not experience redemption in the same way that we do. 
Make no mistake, angels rejoice in the salvation brought about by God. Angels celebrate all those things, but the angels are not the recipients of redemption. Angels are not ransomed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so they long to experience these things. What a privilege for us. So even in the midst of trials and suffering, persecution and, and being in exile, Peter says, listen, there's, there's something bigger going on. There's something so much more. This, um, what you're enduring now is, is it's only going to be short. Even if it's a hundred years, it's only short in light of eternity. So he says, listen, you need to be ready for it. Uh, you, you need to set your hope on the grace uh, that will come in Christ Jesus. You need to understand that, you know what? <laughs> Things are going to be difficult here, but you obey. Don't go back to the passions of your former ignorance before you were rescued uh, from sin because you've been called to be holy. Now, this is one of those things that not many people talk about, and I think there can be some confusion. Uh, the reminder here is that we are to be holy. We're to be set apart. We are to be like God. Uh, and, and I often hear of misuse in this. There are some people who think, well, you know, I've been saved, so I can just do whatever I want to because God's going to forgive me. That's not how the grace of God works in our lives. I, I hear those who say, I will presume upon my freedom in Christ to live in a way that is unwise and perhaps sinful. But the Bible says, listen, I need for you to know if you call him father, you're going to be judged for every one of your deeds. And the call for us is to be holy. You, you were rescued, you were ransomed, and you have this inheritance. And it's not some sort of silver or gold or transient thing. It's the precious blood of Christ. Now, there can be some confusion about this whole idea of a ransom. And, and I think that some people mistakenly believe that somehow, uh, you know, God had to pay off the devil and that's who the ransom was paid to. But that's not it at all. The ransom was paid to the wrath and justice of a holy God. And so it was the blood of Christ, that lamb without blemish or spot, who stood in our, our stead and lived the life that we cannot live and rescues us from sin. And it is him who's been raised from the dead. And, and because of this, uh, we, we get this incredible understanding of what God is doing. Think about eternity past. Peter pulls back the curtain a little bit and he just says, I need for you to understand that before the foundation of the world, the plan was always the redemption and rescue of man through Jesus Christ. This was not an accident. He was not um, just at the mercy of his captors. This was not just the political uh, tide changed and so he was washed up and, and done. This was the plan of God before the foundation of the world. So he wants these people to know, yes, it may be difficult, but don't be fooled. There is a king who rules and reigns. And even though it may seem like evil is winning the day, they, everything is a defeated foe and God reigns eternally. So we've got to put our hope and our faith in God. We obey because of this great salvation. This is the good news that was preached to them. So then he moves pastorally and says, so I need for you to put away malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. And boy, when you read this list, doesn't it sting? How quickly are we to mistreat others? How quickly are we to deceive others to save our own pride or our own reputation? How hypocritical are we daily by our behavior and our thoughts? We envy others and we will speak ill of others. And, and Peter lets us in on a little secret. Listen, when you come to faith in Christ Jesus, you're like a newborn infant. 
And so you have to grow in your salvation. Well, how, how does one grow in their salvation? This is why we're called to make disciples and not just confessors. People will just stand up and say, yep, I, I, I need to be saved. And, and that's the end of it. No, we're, we're to grow into our salvation. The means of the word is so helpful to us. The, the means of grace and prayer and scripture and the gathering of saints. All of these things are so important because uh, Peter wants them to understand. Listen, uh, Jesus was the living stone that re- was rejected by men. But in God's sight, he was chosen and precious because this was always the plan. And now you yourselves are included in that spiritual house that God is building. You're a holy priesthood. You're able now to approach God and offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable. And as they think back on the tabernacle or the temple, this would have been just unthinkable and unbelievable that they would have access to God through Jesus Christ. And so as he walks them through this, he wants them to know, yes, it is a difficult thing to understand. To some people, it's absolutely foolish. And some people stumble because they disobey the word. But we're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. How wonderful that God in his infinite mercy would choose anyone. But how marvelous that he would even include us in that. And we can proclaim the excellencies of him who called us uh, from darkness into marvelous light because we were a people that were enslaved and trapped by sin going the way of the world, but we received mercy and God has rescued us. And we need to remember that we are saved by grace through faith alone, but it's not a faith that stays alone. And so Peter says, listen, I know you're a sojourner. I know you're in exile, but you're not to walk in the passions of your flesh like you used to. Yes, they're going to wage war against your soul. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle. But you must walk well among the Gentiles and be honorable so that they don't really have anything to say about you except for your good deeds. And when we read this, we hearken back to the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Let your light shine before men so that they can see your good deeds, not because they save you, but because they're the evidence of the grace that has worked in you. And because of your good deeds, they may glorify God. No, Peter wants these people who are suffering and persecuted and exiled to know. God knows where you are. He knows exactly what you're enduring. But stand up under trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will prove it genuine and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and marvel at the fact that you are a part of God's redemptive plan. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. You can connect with us on social media. Just use the handle TheJohnNicks. And don't forget to download the free Vertical Purpose app on the platform of your choice to find not only this, but additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.